40 seconds behind what was yeah
wow, what an opportunity and a privilege it is to come back another Tuesday night to bring you good news and hope from the Word of God. Did you know that people in our world, they need more hope, I believe, than ever before. My 76 years of life, I've had a lot of experiences, and the Lord has blessed me to travel to many places in the world, but I've never seen our world in the trouble that it's in today. But in the midst of all of the trouble, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll go with you to the end of the world. So to me, that says everything. I have hope today, and that's one of the reasons that we're here, is to bring you hope and encouragement, to communicate the compassion of Jesus and demonstrate the healing power of his word. So if you'll open your heart tonight, I believe God will do some really, really wonderful things for you. And if you know of anyone that's been abused or hurt, just ask them tonight to uh, tune in real quick, call them and tell them about this uh, webcast because we're going to be bringing hope tonight. And you know, uh, one, 20 people every minute in the United States of America. Now listen to this, 20 people every minute in the United States of America are suffering some kind of abuse. And domestic violence has never been to the level that it is today. And it's among Christians, and that's the sad part. Christians violate and they abuse other Christians. And this is sad. This should not be happening in the body of Christ. I have a guest with me this evening that has gone through uh, domestic violence, has been abused. And uh, she's sitting with me, flew all the way in from Chattanooga, sitting right here. She's not by Skype. She's right here with me. And I'm going to be introducing in just a moment. But I want you to open your heart and get ready to receive. And if you've been hurt or you've been wounded in any way whatsoever, I believe tonight is a night for you. Anyway, I want to introduce my guest, a very special lady from right out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that I've known since she was just a teenager. She used to sing on my television program along with her mother. And uh, now she is a grown-up lady, businesswoman, minister, preacher, singer, and uh, just a good testifier for the Lord. And that's none other than LaDonna Barton. LaDonna, thank you for coming tonight. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good. We've had a good time today. We have. We've had a very good time. We came to, you came over to the house. She came over to the house and Sharon did her cooking, you know. Mm -hmm. She had to do her, 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 uh, her way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And um, while Sharon was cooking, LaDonna was praying, prayed over Sharon, prayed over me, prophesied over me, and uh, made sure we're all ready for tonight. So, LaDonna, <laughs> thank you for uh, praying for us, prophesying over us, speaking words over us that's just going to cause us to be better. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. That's what I do best. <laughs> well, I often hear you say, uh, if you hadn't had a test, you don't have a money or something that's like right. that. If you don't have a mess, you don't have a message. If you don't have any tests, you don't have a testimony. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, you've been through... You, you've, you've Plenty of mess, so I have a big message. 
<laughs> and I have a whole lot of testimony. Oh, so, awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, uh, why don't we go ahead and get started here. Um, I want to see if I can find my scripture real quick. Um, I'll, I'll come back to that in just a moment. But, um, you know, I just mentioned that um, 20 people a minute are being abused in some way or another. And I have never, as I just mentioned, seen such disrespect for people as it is today. And marriages and people that's not in marriages, people are just angry and upset because I think they do not understand their total rejuvenation that takes place when they're born again. Mm -hmm. And uh, once we're born again and begin to meditate in God's Word, we should become more like Christ. But many people only say the prayer and they never get into doing the works of the Lord. So, LaDonna, let's talk about you a little bit. Okay, uh, what's going on? Well, I met you when you were, what, 15 or 16? Well, I actually started going to your church when I was probably 8 or 9 years old. Oh, my. Oh, wow. <laughs> you make me older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's don't start talking about that age. But, uh, yes, sir, I did. But then, you know, of course, I, as, as I grew into a teen, you know, then I really uh, started to listen up and, you know, come to church. And I remember being at church and pastor, yes. Well, you know, you, you were a person that was abused and mm -hmm. had a terrible life for a while. And um, it started, obviously, after you were married. So how old were you when you got married? Sixteen. Sixteen when you got married. Well, yes. why did you get married at sixteen? I was pregnant at sixteen. You was pregnant at sixteen, yes. and that's why you got married. Well, why, well married. why did you get married just because you were pregnant? I felt like it was the right thing to do. My parents told me I did not have to marry him, that they would help me with the baby, and as it turned out, it was two babies. So I had twins, identical twins. And so I told him, I said, you know, I feel like I allowed this to happen, even though I fought it, and it happened to me. So I felt like it was my responsibility to, you know, as I used to say back in the day, you make your bed hard, you gotta sleep in it. And so well, that was what happened. I, you know, I just did what I thought was right. Well, I know a lot of people do that, you know, when they make mistakes and they, they do things they shouldn't do and they feel like, well, I'll get married and this will solve this problem. But actually it creates problems. Two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly right. And so are you telling me, um, are you telling me you didn't love him? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Okay. So you married him out of what you felt was responsibility. Yes. Absolutely. I guess there's a lot of people that's made mistakes like that. Absolutely. Every day, all day long. And they feel like mm -hmm. that marrying the person gives the person, the, the child or whatever, is going to have stability when there is no stability to begin with the, the two people that are getting married. So you're telling me that you didn't really love this man and you married him at the age of 16 thinking that you were doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And um, how did this, this whole thing begin to escalate then in your life once you, you got married, you had the, the twins? Um, what was life like? Oh, it started two days after we were married. Two days? Two after days? days. I married on Saturday. And, you know, I hate to admit this, but the truth is the truth, and I'm very forthright. But 
um, the day I was to marry him on a Saturday, November 1974. I remember thinking before the church doors opened, my parents went ahead and gave me a beautiful, gave us a beautiful wedding. I remember thinking, God, I hate him. That was exactly what I thought. And I almost passed out. Wow. I don't remember anything that was said. I was just traumatized. Well, I didn't do the ceremony, did I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. No, if, even if you had, I wouldn't remember that either. So, no, that's okay. <laughs> well, you know, that's yeah. one of the things that I have done in my, my uh, ministry. I've married thousands of people, and so people mm -hmm. come up to me in different parts of the, and they say, you married my mm -hmm. husband or me or my wife and I, and, and I don't remember because there were so many, so I didn't remember yeah. if I'd done oh, your no, ceremony. Oh, no, sir, it wasn't you. In fact, I don't even know who did. <laughs> but anyway, so two days after we were married on Monday, he, he physically, because, you know, I was 16, I was always tall and skinny, you know, so I didn't weigh that much, and he literally picked me up and threw me down the apartment stairs that went up the back, because it was an upstairs apartment, and I remember being so shocked and stunned, mortified, I meant any adjective you want to put in there. I looked up and I counted 18 stairs, and I counted them because I couldn't believe I was alive. Wow. Well, obviously, I'm here. when you got up, what, what did you do? I was banged up. I guess I was so shocked. I was frozen. So this was two days? Two days. Two okay. days. Okay. Give me a little history then. In the second day that you were married and he threw you down the steps and obviously uh, you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, did this, did this, did you tell anybody about this? No, no. You know, when you're abused like that, it's difficult to talk about. I mean, I think as most people have, you know, in this day and time kind of find out because it's an embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Why is this happening to me? I mean, did I make such a bad choice? You know, so you hold yourself responsible, you know, and think it's something that you have done. And so that's why we just don't want to talk about it. I mean, it's humiliating. Well, I'm sure it must be. I don't know what it's like. I, I don't have a clue. Um, now, two days after the abuse started, and then give me a little, give me a little advancement here of, of what happened in the years to come, because you said you had twins, and then later you all had another child. Yes, sir. Um, I had the twins, and the, the abuse just continued. When the twins were born, they were born at seven months, but they, so they were born prematurely. And um, it, it just, the, the abuse just continued. I mean, you, you now, would never know. Now, was it mainly verbal abuse? Or? Oh, no, sir. No, sir. I, I, I could probably handle the verbal abuse. I could probably argue back with you. But, it, no, sir, it was physical. I, I, I'm sure you could argue back. <laughs> You think? I think you could argue that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like the day I told him, go ahead and take your best shot. So, you know, oh, well. my smart... Well, you were young. I was young. And um, so you stayed in this. You, you know, today you, you were talking to me and you, you were saying there's different types of abuse. And, of course, yes. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But explain the, the different types of abuse that people go through. Well, there's four. There's the physical, mental, emotional... And believe it or not, financial abuse. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, because uh, abuse is all about control anyway. Uh-huh. So if I can control you physically by threatening harm to you or harming you, mentally mess with your head, make you think you're the crazy one, um, uh, emotionally 
I mean, you're just devastated? I mean, why is this happening to me? I'd never hurt a human being in my life. It didn't happen at my home. I didn't know domestic violence happened here on this planet. You had, a wonderful, you had a wonderful mom and dad. I had a I was, wonderful I mom and dad. I was privileged to know oh, yes. your mom oh, and your dad. Your dad's still here. Yes. Uh, your mom's in heaven, but I yes. had the privilege of knowing them. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned just a moment ago, you and your mom sang on my television program and in church. And yes. so uh, I had the privilege of knowing them. And your mom was an outstanding individual that loved God with all of her heart. She did. And my no mother doubt. was rock. Well, and she had to train you up in a good way. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, okay, let me get back to the point here. Um, now, how long was it until you were pregnant for the second time? Uh, my son was born in um, 1978. So it was about three and a half years after the plan. So you all lived in this? Mm -hmm. In that cycle. I did. Well, what would happen after one of these episodes? Would um, would he come to you and say, I'm sorry? He never told me he was sorry. Never told me he was sorry. And several times I had him um, locked up. I mean, I had to call the police. You know, they would come and get him because he was actually on their radar. It was such a regular uh, happening. So you would call the police from time to yes, time? Yes, or my, my neighbors would. I didn't have a phone. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was back in the 70s, so we didn't have cell phones, and, you know, we were young and didn't have the money to, you know, have a landline phone. And so I had no way, you know, of contacting them. So my neighbors across the street, you know, when they knew something was going on, then they would call the police. And so he would be locked up, and his mother absolutely did not condone it whatsoever. And she'd let him sit in jail for three or four days. Well, when he come, when he get out of jail, did he come back to you? He came back, yes. And you opened the door and you let him in? I opened the door and let him in. Well, why did you do that, LaDonna? One, I didn't have anywhere to go. Hmm. Could, could, couldn't go back to your parents? I could have, but I didn't want to be a burden on them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of people stay because of, uh, we talked about earlier, why do people stay? Well, that's what I was about to ask you. Why you stayed mm -hmm. and why Same do, thing as why do else other does. people stay? Fear, fear is number one. I'll kill you if you leave. Now, wait just a minute now. You, I'll kill you if you leave, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Christians, we're, we're talking too that Christians hurt one another, mm -hmm. not only with words, but they do bad things too. Mm -hmm. Because when we say Christians, I don't know that we can call them Christians. They call themselves Christians. Right. But um, I guess your husband didn't claim to be a Christian? No. Okay. I didn't either, honestly. So. Right at the time. Just because right. I went to church didn't make me a Christian. Okay. Well, you know, a, a, a person that abuses another one most mm -hmm. of the time, not all the time, but most of the time somewhere in their life, most likely they've been abused. It's generational, generally. Generally it's a chain reaction and it's carried on from one generation to the other. And unfortunately that's what uh, happened to him was that his father was an alcoholic. And he, I remember he told me, this is exactly what he told me. He said when I was four years old, his father you know, came in and was drinking and he kicked him across the room. I mean, that just breaks my heart to this day. You know, to, of course you know, it something does. like that happened to someone. And he, he, he actually told me, he said, when he was in the second grade, because he didn't have a father, and he was, you know, he wasn't very big. He was tall and thin. 
And he said, I made up my mind when I was in the second grade because he was being bullied that he would hurt others before they had an opportunity to hurt him. I quote him exactly. That's what he said. That he, he would hurt he someone his, else before yes, they had a before chance. Before they had an opportunity to hurt him. Wow. It, because he said, if my dad were here, you would not be doing this to me. He had no protection, he felt like. Wow. You know, and that's just heart-wrenching to me. Well, obviously this must have escalated, you know, after the second child. Mm -hmm. How did he treat the children? Oh, he was good to the children. I mean, he, um, I can't say he ever fed them or bathed them or anything like that, but, you know, he, uh, he, he never laid a hand on the, the children. Well, you know, you said um, that fear was why women or men, mm -hmm. I guess, won't leave when they're being uh, verbally, physically, emotionally, or financially abused. They're afraid. You, you, you said you were afraid to, to leave because you didn't have anywhere to go, and mm -hmm. you said that's what happens to a lot of people? What's the other reasons they don't? Finances, resources, you know. They may not have worked. And then another reason is they don't want their children to come up in a broken home. Hmm. So they feel like that staying together, even in the violence, mm -hmm. that it gives the children security mm -hmm. with, with two parents. Exactly. So is That's that what you thing. felt or what, did, what, what was yours? Uh, no, I didn't feel that way at all. I just felt I didn't have anywhere to go. I'd never worked a job. I didn't own a car. And I didn't want to depend on my parents, you know, to help me. So I just kind of dealt with it as best I could. And I remember asking my dad one time, I said, Dad, I don't know what to do. And he told me, he said, well, I can tell you what I do. I can tell you what you ought to do, LaDonna. But when you get enough, you'll get out. And I won't have to say a word. That's exactly what happened Christmas Day, 1979. I mean, you can push anybody too far. And, you know, like I told you all before, I mean, it had gotten so bad that he was going to kill me or I was going to have to kill him in self-defense. And the thought of something like that was just incomprehensible wow. to me. So, so what ha finally happened? He burned my home and everything I owned. That day, he told me he was going to do it. He burnt the home? He burned my home and everything. You mean he set the house afire? He set the house afire. He even told me how he was going to do it. He put some bacon in a skillet, turned it on high, and walked out and left it. But I guess maybe in hindsight being 2020, I probably shouldn't have said what I said, but I said what I said. And I said, I'll be glad when you do, because I mean, his words were to quote him, I'll collect the insurance money. And he said, and if you walk out that door, I'm going to kill you. And I said, I'll be glad when you do, and I don't have to hear that anymore, and take your best shot. That's exactly what I said to him. Wow, you got brave. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty brave. I'm pretty courageous. A whole lot more than I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it just started. But, you know, so I took the children and walked out. And, and I really, Pastor Don, I expected. I had the twins on my left-hand side, and I had my baby, my son, who was 13 months old, in my arms. And he told me, if you walk out, I'm going to kill you. Wow. And I really expected for my back to bow up. I was just, I was trembling. And I was just expecting for my back, I was expecting just to bow up, just wow. from a bullet. And I'm here today. He didn't do it. But he did burn my own and, and everything owned. Well, what did you do from that point? From that point, 
Um, I moved in with my parents, and, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, I talk about the scripture, you know, Hebrews 13, 2, which says, you know, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for in doing so, some have entertained angels unaware. And, you know, so the community there where we live, you know, people got together and brought clothing, they brought us housewares and things like that, you know, to sort of, to help get me kind of on my feet, you know, even though I was there with my parents. But it was very, very difficult. A frozen would have to be a shock beyond belief. And I, I went in, I didn't even cry. I was so shocked. I, I couldn't cry. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe he did what he said he was going to do. So he didn't, he actually didn't harm you when you left, no, but he sir, just, he but he burnt the house down, mm -hmm. left you without anything and you went. Yes. And you said, you know, the scripture says that we sometimes entertain angels unaware. Obviously, you had some angels come, and you know, later in your life and ministry, you know, we'll get to that in a minute, how God turned things around for you, but uh, uh, you got a song. Um, what's the background of this song that we're, I want, I want to play this song in just a moment, but what's the background of this song? The reason I chose to cover that song, I didn't write that song, um, Gerilyn Williams wrote it, but I heard it uh, recorded, and because I had so many people that come out and literally brought clothing, food, you know, things like that. And they were my angels. I just considered them that. And then throughout my life, you know, God has just put people there, you know, to, to help us. And we really don't know, you know, if it's a stranger, if we are entertaining, you know, really an angel. You know, I mean, we use that word very loosely, mm. I think, this day and time. But there really are people, you know, you say, oh, you're an angel, you know, for, for doing that for me, for helping me in some way. And this well, song You know, there may be some people right now, no, maybe, but there's people right now that probably need some angels to right. surround them. Of course, the Bible says yes. that the angels, are, uh, the, the angels of the Lord uh, surround those that, and encamp those mm -hmm. that love him. So... Um, this song is one of my favorite songs. I play it a lot um, on my CD, and we're going to play it in just a moment. But uh, um, this, of course, when you recorded this, was a long time after the abuse, and you were no longer a victim. Oh, so you could yeah. sing this song without mm -hmm. any pain whatsoever when you, was, when oh, you recorded absolutely. it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, yeah. how about let's... Um, Hearing that song right now, send, sending, sending, sending me angels. Yes. Okay, God's going to send somebody some yes, angels, I amen. believe, while you're singing, like Madonna. Yes, yes. I'm All right, ready I'm ready. I went down to the river, stood on the shore. Seems like the devil's always trying to get in my door. Just when I thought I couldn't take any more. Here he came again, my friend. He keeps sending me angels from up on high, sending me angels, teaching me to fly, sending me angels, so sweet and true, sending me. Just like you 
As I stand on this mountain Face to the wind Amazed by the number of times I have sinned Countless enemies They should have been my friends Oh, here he comes again of Jesus right now and I believe somebody has been touched by an angel right now maybe you've been hurt maybe you've been abused maybe you've gone through some terrible things in your life and yet maybe you've lost your self-worth your self-image you felt like that you wasn't what you should be or could be well, tonight the angels of God or in the morning whatever place in the world you're watching us from. I know I see some here and I've not acknowledged anyone tonight because of the subject matter. I just wanted to get as much in as possible of LaDonna's testimony and also to minister to you and let you know that angels, angels are close by. They may not be flying out of the heavens with wings like you would think, but God would send them as people People will come and minister to you, and that's what this webcast is all about tonight, is to give somebody hope. You may need hope tonight, and, and we want this to happen to you. And the scripture says in Jeremiah 
chapter 30, verse 17. He said, I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. God will heal you of your wounds. Whatever your wounds are or whatever caused those emotional wounds, God will heal you. And I'm sitting here, if you're just tuning in, I'm sitting here with LaDonna Barton from Chattanooga, Tennessee, has flown in here just to be with us tonight and to share with you, our wonderful audience, how that God can help you. Well, LaDonna, this is a beautiful song. Um, I, I love listening to you sing this song. Uh, it blesses me every time that I, I hear this song. And uh, obviously, as I mentioned before we did the song, that you had already walked through healing by the time you were able to do this song. Yes. But uh, uh, when you left your husband and, and got out of the violence, uh, when did you start turning yourself back to Jesus? After the second divorce. <laughs> or you had another divorce after that. Well, yes, I did. Um, I, met, uh, I married um, in 1984, and I was married for five years then. And I realized at that time, you know what, I need some help. And of course, you know, mom was a Christian and I went to church. But, you know, I just think there comes a time God's not going to force us to serve him. It's a, a, a choice. So I made the choice because I said, God, I'm, you know, I'm flunking out here on my own. So, you know, I'm going to invite you in to help me. And that's when I turned my life completely over to the Lord and what he'd have me do. And, um pursue his purpose and his perfect will for my life and so that's what I did December the 10th 1990. Well when you started turning your life around to the Lord and obviously you there, there was that big big word of forgiveness because you must have hated him by this time and um... which one? <laughs> <laughs> You tell me. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> no, so, uh, yes, I, the first one, yes, I hated him, you know, when all that happened. But I forgave him. I had to. You know, and I shared the program before. The, the unforgiveness that I had in me, it wasn't hurting him. It was hurting me. And you know, most me. people don't understand what you're saying right, right there, LaDonna. They, they, they say, I'm the victim. Mm -hmm. You were the victim. Mm -hmm. And you say, I forgive them. Well, people think when you say that, that I forgive you, that you're letting the person off or you're, 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 that they have no more responsibility for what they did. But that's not what forgiveness is no. at all. Forgiveness is, as you said, freeing yourself. Freeing myself, so taking their power away from me because we're talking about abuse. Abuse is control. That's really what it's about. And so as long as you didn't forgive him. Mm -hmm. He was uh, still controlling me, even was though I wasn't married to him. I'd been divorced from him for a couple of years, and he you know, would call me and tell me that he'd be lying, wait for me on the side of the road, and blow my brains out. Wow. Well, I believed him. Wow. They ever had good reason to. You know, and I lived in such fear... And I'm, I mean, I hate to say that, you know, I honestly had the thought that I was going to have someone kill him. Wow. And I meant it. It wasn't that I wanted to hurt him. I wanted the, the insanity to stop. 
I mean, you divorce someone, you think it would stop, but it didn't stop. So before I went and, and did something insane like that, then, you know, I had to make the decision, and I shared with you all before, I was standing in my kitchen. I'd gotten a place to live, and this was two years after the divorce and him burning my home and everything. I never lived with him the other day after that. And I said one thing about him burning the home, there was nothing for us to fight over but the insurance money, and I told him to take that and burn it out with it. That's exactly what I said to him. Wow. I didn't, you know, I, I meant it at the time, but, you know, but sometimes... But you're a different woman today. Oh, I was a different woman right after that. I mean, you know, I didn't want any harm to come to him or no one. And it, not that I even wanted him dead, you know, it was just the fact... The, the fear has got to stop. Mm -hmm. It's got to stop. So after the divorce, he was still threatening to, oh, to kill you and yes. hurt you. Yes. And, and so you constantly yes. lived in fear. Constantly, yes. So I just, I, I, as I shared with you all before, I mean, when I was contemplating that, I had to have a, a check with myself. You know how you'll have a conversation with yourself? LaDonna, you need to check yourself and have one of those one-on-one -on -one conversations with me, myself, and I, you know, and I did, and I said, you can't do that. So I made a decision right there, and it was a decision I had to make. Well, he was the, the father of your children, mm -hmm. and so obviously you guys had to um, see each other from time to time or cross paths or something. He really didn't participate in the children's lives, so no, I that, see. That, wasn't a, that wasn't a big problem. Okay. But so he still was trying to control me, even though he wasn't married to me. By threatening to mm -hmm. hurt you and By harm you. By harm to me, yes. Okay. Uh, when you really turned your heart over to God and forgave him, then, then what happened to your life then? I actually forgave him before I turned my heart and life over to the Lord. Did you? Yes. Yes, I did. Was that but, hard? Was it hard? Um, no. Not the day I made the decision. When I made the decision, I made an executive decision, and I'm going to, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, I made it. I'm going to forgive him. Now, he can participate in his children's life if he chooses to. I will not prevent that. But this is going to stop. And right there, right then, I forgave him. And I had such a peace that came over me when I did that. It's just like everything, the chains that had me bound and tied, they, they instantly left. Instantly left. Wow. And I never had any more problem out of him after that. Wow. Okay, now, um, did he, what happened to him? He passed away, unfortunately. Uh, it, he was age 52, and he um, just had a, a massive heart attack and died in a matter of 30 minutes or so. Wow. And, uh, I mean, it broke my heart because, I mean, that was 2007, so we'd been divorced since 1979. Wow. And it was such a shock to me because I, I, it, it broke my heart. As I said before, you know, if someone had said, you know, it's going to hurt you, it's going to break your heart, I would have literally laughed at you. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, he pushed me out of a car going down the road. He... He pulled me by the hair. He tore up everything in the home. I mean, it was just brutal. I'd wake up in the hospital, didn't know how I got there, what happened. You know, I'd have to get the backstory afterwards. I mean, it was just a living nightmare. I didn't know what to expect from one second to the next. I'm not talking about one minute to the next or hour to hour or day by day. I'm talking second 
by second. Wow. He could be just as nice one second, and the next second, it was like dealing with a monster that just came out of nowhere. I can't even imagine, you know, what this is like. Um, you know, my mom and dad, you know, as I said, your mom and dad, I know them, and your mom was always praying for you, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see you during those days, mm -hmm. obviously, um, and, and know anything about you, but your mother kept coming to the meetings mm -hmm. uh, during that time. And, of course, I was traveling a lot, and so I didn't see your mother as much. But you had a praying mother. That, I did. That was not going to let you stay mm -hmm. uh, in that backslid condition that she mm -hmm. was in and she was bombarding the heavens until mm -hmm. some ta some way somehow your life got turned around and thank God you did you got turned around and and uh, give your life to the Lord let me tell you what my mother told me and it, it just came back to my memories to what she told me she said she was praying and she said I said God when are you going to stop letting Satan dump all of his garbage on my daughter? That was exactly what she said to me. She said what now? She said, she asked the Lord, when are you going to stop Satan from dumping all of his garbage on to my daughter? Hmm. Meaning me. Wow. That's what she told me. And it wasn't too many, it was probably maybe, I don't know, five years or so. And, you know, I, I started changing my life. I really did. And I really got in, 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 in 1990 after that second divorce, you know. I mean, I always loved the Lord in my heart. I just, you know, I was a good person. I mean, you know, I didn't go around and doing a lot of things that, you know, we shouldn't well, do. When but when your husband... Try to be Christ-like. When your ex-husband died, how did this affect your children and, and his life and all of the... How, how was your children affected by this? Well, the fact that he did not, you know, really participate in their life. Now, they did see him some, and especially my son. Um, it was, of course, hard on them. I mean, they grew up. One of my daughters, it didn't seem to affect her as much as the other twin daughter. You know, she needed more of her dad. I was a daddy's girl. Firstborn, apple daddy's eye, and I knew it. You know, so we were loved and affirmed. And so my children didn't have that, and, and my son and my son finally when he was 14 years old he realized that his dad was i did not run their dad down i stated only a few facts and to this day they don't know everything that happened to me nor do i have any ten intentions of telling him that's in the past i forgave him he did what he did for what he thought was right and so i, I you know i'm just not gonna go back there and relive all that it's not necessary and put more trauma into their life i mean it was hard enough as it was i worked three jobs you know trying to put a roof over their head and provide for them i did the best i could do and i know i didn't always do the right thing but i did the best i did but you did with somewhere down the way you determined that <clears throat> what happened to you was no longer in you exactly it was it it was for a long time it was what happened to you time. was in you but somewhere mm -hmm. down the way you determined what what happened to me i'm not going to let this control my life somehow Absolutely. you started turning to god mm -hmm. uh turning your life around become a businesswoman and really got into real estate later mm -hmm. and land development and mm -hmm. I, I don't know all the things that you've done <laughs> i've uh, done a whole lot you know i've never been i became a workaholic is actually what happened to me i became a workaholic Wow. Well, some of that could have been covering up 
still paying that was left over mm -hmm. and working so hard so that you wouldn't think about that. Even though you forgave mm -hmm. him, you must have uh, somewhere, did you feel ashamed? Do you feel, did you feel embarrassed of what had happened? And I did, initially, I did. And as I'd stated before, you know, when I was on the program, you know, I'd spent most of my adult life trying to um, escape, I guess, if you will, you know, just the stigma of being a victim of domestic violence. When I realized, you know, this is real, it happens. And women and men alike, of course, we know that one out of every four women are victims of domestic violence by their intimate partner, and uh, one out of every three men. See, people don't think about men being victims of domestic violence, but they are. Wow. You know? And so it's, it's embarrassing because after I was on the program before, I was contacted by men who told me about things that happened and asked me to pray for them, and I did. Wow. You know, so it, it happens. People just don't talk about it because it is so difficult to talk about. You think about, well, why, or why would you stay around and let someone do that to you? Well, you know what? There's reasons why people do what they do. One, it's fear. Secondly, it's resources. You know, I don't want a broken family. So those are the things. And we talked about, you know, the, the four types of abuse being physical, mental, emotional, and financial. If I can control your money, I can control you. Right? Right. Exactly. Well, there's so much that we hear today. I mean, it's just... It's just unreal of what you hear. Just matter of fact, um, before I came uh, walking out the door, Sharon had the, the evening news on, and of course, um, it had a, a, a story going on of a, a man that had killed his wife and and his daughter. Um, you know, and, and because he had another lover, and so obviously they must have been. Um, there must have been, it was his fiance, I guess, and they had a child, but he killed the daughter and, and the mother from what the news is saying. So people do crazy things mm -hmm. when uh, they, they get confused and their minds messed up. LaDonna, what was it that actually caused the turning point in your life to, to really come back to your roots and really say, Lord, I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. I'm going to I'm going to live for you, and, and what's happened in my past, I'm not going to let it control me anymore. What, what was, is there a defining moment? Or it something? was the second divorce. Six months after that, I finally decided, you know, I've, I've apparently missed something somewhere along the way, and I, I've just realized I couldn't, I, I just had to have some help, and so I turned to God for my help. Well, I didn't turn to drinking, I didn't turn to drugs. You know, it's a wonder, but I didn't. So I turned to the Lord and asked Him to help me. Well, there and, may be. There, I'm, I'm sure, I'm not may, but I'm sure people are watching right now that's in some type of abuse, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, as you said, it's not, it's not physical. It could be verbal or it could just be the way they treat people or control their money or whatever. Mm -hmm. Somebody might be viewing and... Just look in the camera right now and tell that person what they should do if they're in that, caught in that vice right now. They're afraid to leave or they're afraid they won't make it or they want their home not to be broken. What should they do? I guess I would say to someone what my dad said. You know, I can tell you what 
you should do, I can tell you what I'd do, but when you get enough, you'll get out. And he said, I won't have to say a word, and he didn't. But you have to look at, I think, all, as all aspects of it and determine what is best for you. And then I would suggest, first and foremost, pray and ask God to give you wisdom as to what to do and to do everything that we do in love and forgiveness. And I'm telling you, that can change a lot of things because it can turn some bitterness and hatred. It's not easy. He didn't say it'd be easy, but it, you know, it, it, it certainly works. Well, you know, a lot of times that power people say, I forgive you, but um, those are words mm -hmm. and they're saying words, but there is no change in their heart because they still hate the person. They still can't stand to hear their name and mm -hmm. mentioned or see them anywhere. Uh, but once, LaDonna, forgiveness actually takes place, once forgiveness actually takes place, I mean, it's, it, that it is complete inside. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say, I forgive you. But once it takes place on the inside, if you hear the person's name, then you don't have any emotion, bad emotion. Or if you see that person, or if they're doing well, you don't wish bad things to happen to them because you've actually released them and let them go and you're living your life now with the Lord and they no longer, whatever their responsibilities are, they have to face God with them whether they ever tell you they're sorry or not. Right. Well, I think the thing there is that, you know, if, if you forgive them and you know you have truly forgiven someone when their name doesn't bother you, the things they did to you, it doesn't hurt anymore. You've forgiven them. You're not remaining a victim. You've become a victor. You've become victorious over your situation. Well, you know, as I said, you've been um, a, a business person, um, de land developer, on and on and on. How, how did you get started in all of that? I mean, once... I mean, did God help you do that? He did, absolutely. He gave me my brain. He gave me my gifts and talents. And uh, I, no, I, but the very first job I had was a waitressing job. And there, the people that I met, you know, just I'm very friendly and outgoing and, you know, personable and talk to everyone. And my mom actually said to me one day, she said, LaDonna, have you ever thought about getting into real estate? And I said, well, you know, Mom, that did cross my mind. And God put an angel in my path and said, you know, I was offered a job. And my a boss said to me, he said, when you're not doing anything, read this book. And it was the language of real estate. Wow. So when I, you know, in between, you know, if I had a little quiet time, I read the language of real estate, took the exam, passed it, had it for 37 years. Very wow. successful at it. God so blessed me. You weren't doing homes, you were doing land, is that right? Well, I, I initially started out doing both homes and land. But then in 1993, then I just got into real estate development and selling land. Wow. And that's, that's usually a man's job. <laughs> it's a man's world, you know, as they oh. say. But uh, We want to play this other song of yours in just a moment. But before we do, um, you know, when your, your uh, ex-husband died, that was the father of your mm -hmm. children. You, you told me today about your son. Now, was he better at your... At, at, at his dad, you you told me today. Was he better? Yeah, because you told me about at the funeral, um, mm -hmm. what happened yes. after the funeral or at the gravesite. Would you like for me to share that? Yes, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Um, 
the day that we buried his father, which was in September 2007, and this just goes to show us perception, okay? I was standing back a distance from where the, the tent was and his grave was. My son pulled off his uh, suit coat, and one of the um, gentlemen who worked for his father, they picked up the shovels and started covering the grave up, started coming up his coffin and his vault. My thoughts from had been his mother, and from my perspective, this is what I thought. He's showing respect. That's the last respect he can show to his, his father. He doesn't want them to cover him up with a backhoe. And then, in, I think it was 2011 or 12, my son was working for me, and we, I was in my office, and one of our sales staff came down, and, and he came to my office, and we were just sitting there, you know, I think everyone else had gone, and we were going to eat or something, and and my son said to uh, the other staff uh, member there, and he said, you know, said, my dad never done much for me. He said, you know how I got the anger out? Now, I'm sitting in my desk chair, and my son's sitting over here, and the other guy's sitting over here. He said, the day I covered him up with dirt. Wow. Dear Jesus. Wow. I was sitting there in my chair, and, and someone just may as well have stabbed me right through the heart with a red hot sword it literally i hit my chair wow i couldn't believe what i just heard him say i got my anger out the day i covered him up with dirt perception i perceived it to be respect he was getting his anger out wow you know and i i, I think i shared with you you know how the whole record rock my soul was inspired that day September 23rd, 2007, maybe it was 26th, he passed away on the 23rd, I think, when 26th was his funeral, and I was standing there, and, you know, it broke my heart that, that he had, you know, not been proactive, I, I prayed for him, that he would be happy, and deal with his demons, and, you know, get some help, and, and live a, a good, happy life, I meant him no harm, God is my witness, I meant him no harm, I would have done anything to help him, if I could. In fact, when he passed away, I told the children, I said, I'll give you $10,000 to buy him a suit, buy him a coffin, buy him a vault, and give him a beautiful funeral and beautiful flowers. If you can't find his money, they found his money. So I didn't, but I was willing to. Right. This was a man who tried to kill me, put a gun to my head, not once, but twice with a hammer back. I mean, just a wild man. My two daughters standing beside me at two and a half years old. I'm going to kill you. Do you have any idea what it's like to have a gun, the cold of a barrel, between your eyes? And somebody standing there with blonde hair and blue eyes that's supposed to love you, telling you, I'm going to blow your brains out for no reason? Wow. And at the funeral, you were willing to pay for it if necessary. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, you told me about three things that you, you um, uh, needed to say. One or my was, thoughts that day? Yes. Uh, uh, as I was standing there just pondering what had happened, you know, that... He um, had passed away, you know, instantly of a massive heart attack. And I was standing there, Pastor Don, and I took some roses off one of the, the, the uh, wreaths, I think it was the family blanket or something. And I just, I was looking down at that coffin, and his name was on it, and the date he was born, and the day he died. And I thought to myself, it was just, I mean, I wasn't crying. I was just sad that, that this was probably the closest person to me. You know, he's the father of my children. Wasn't in love with him, but I love people. I love everyone. 
You know, I may not be in love with you, but I still love you, you know. And I've sprinkled the roses, the rose petals over his vault. And my thoughts were, you know, unless you're right down there where he is, he took his last breath. He's in that vault. He never told me he was sorry. He didn't have to. I forgave him, you know. But what he didn't do, he didn't tell his children this. And I would recommend to you, anyone, if, if you've got someone that you've got an issue with, you haven't forgiven, that there's something that needs to be said, say what you need to say and don't wait and have regrets later. You need to say, these were the thoughts that went through my mind. Tell, you know, he never told his children, I'm sorry, forgive me, I love you. That never happened. Wow. It was too late then. So unless there's life and breath in you, don't live with regret. Mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, I meant humble yourself and go ask for forgiveness because you know what? None of us are perfect, mm. myself included. Wow. Well, you know, sitting here listening to your story, and of course we've had quite conversations since last night and today, mm -hmm. and um, never having lived in anything like this, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to identify it with someone that is, and when I say that, I have compassion, mm -hmm. but I don't have the experience of that. And by not having the experience, I have no way of knowing of how it twists and pulls your insides. And then just like your son, uh, uh, what he did at the gravesite of covering him up and he was getting his anger out. And then his dad, couldn't say, I'm sorry, forgive me, and I love you, it was too late. Yeah. Um, and you said that's when the song was inspired, Rock My Soul. The whole record, the whole record was brought about that day. And, uh, you know, then during that time, from the time I started uh, pre-production on the record, my mom passed away. And I actually sang Amazing Grace at my mother's funeral. Wow. And spoke at my mother's funeral. And I'm like, I, ju I knew I had to say something. I'm like, God, but you don't understand. My knees are buckling. I can't even stand up for crying out loud. And you want me to speak in my mother's funeral and sing? Really? God anointed you, though. He anointed me. I'm going to tell you. I got up there because I was on my way to see my mother to surprise her for her birthday. And 20 minutes from my trip in Middle Tennessee, which was three hours, 20 minutes into it, I, I thought, well, you know, I better call because she and Dad may be gone out, you know, to Super Walmart or Costco or something like that, you know, late. So I better call. 20 minutes of my trip, my mother was dead. Oh, wow. Wow. And I had talked to her the day before. Wow. And that really tore me up. Well, I'm sure it did. I mean, it, it um, excuse me. Uh, I didn't get angry at God. Good. I told him I was mad. <laughs> I laid across my mother's grave and I said, you know what, God, I'm not angry. I know there was a reason that you didn't allow me to get there. I know there was a reason. I'm that mature. Aren't you glad, though, things was right between you and your mother? Oh, yes. I'd called her the day before, 7 o'clock in the morning, hadn't even warmed up, sung happy birthday to her. I said, hey, you like that, Mom? I didn't even warm up and it's 7 o'clock in the morning, you know, and had a nice but little see, chat with her. see, what you just said... You you you, uh, you didn't get a chance to get there to say bye to your mm -hmm. mom, and many people 
are mad or angry because they didn't. So that's why it's important that they keep a good relationship yes. with, with people mm -hmm. because you never know when something's going to happen. So at the funeral that day, that song rock. You, you were inspired to do this song. I want, I want to, I want to do this song right now by LaDonna, Rock My Soul. So if you guys can go ahead with that, uh, I, I believe you will be blessed at home by this song.
Oh, wow. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can rock your soul. Yes, it can. Uh, as you just got through listening to LaDonna and watching her and the team there as they put this video together. May but, I share something with you? Sure, please do. This is funny and beside, I mean, it's outside of the uh, abuse and everything that I suffered and went through, but I, I think it's pure, very funny. It was to me at the time. But when I was in high school, I was, I was in the marching band. And then I was in the chorus, and so we were preparing, uh, doing some rehearsals for a Christmas um, concert that we were going to do at school. And out of 72 girls, the director stopped. LaDonna, will you please step away from the microphone? I hear you over all 72 girls. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. He said, girl, you got some lungs on you. And I said, well, you know, God knew that. And he, so he put me on stage with the microphone in front of me when nobody else is up for the band. <laughs> and I was singing back home um, a couple, three years ago, and I had asked about, one of the girls heard me talking about the red dresses with this ribbon that, you know, we all had to wear that none of us liked. And that, uh, and I said something about it, and she came up and found me. I said, because I would always like to know, or want Mr. Henderson to know, you know, that it was really hysterical to me that he told me to stay away from the mic, and God puts me on the stage by myself solo with a mic in my hand. Wow. So, and I wanted to tell him, and she came up to me, and she told me, she said, LaDonna, she said, Mr. Henderson passed away a year ago. But she said, but perhaps he's watching you from heaven. I said, <laughs> I hope so, so let's tear down and rock it out of here. <laughs> well, so we did. Oh, well, you were actually rocking it out on That's this, this right, particular I mean, song yeah. right here, and now you are, you're, your soul has been rocked by Jesus. And I was going to say, I was a rock and roller B.C. before Christ. I'm a rock and roller AC after Christ. Amen. Jesus is my rock, and this is my role, R-O-L-E. Amen. Like yeah. uh, just before we finish up with LaDonna, I want to tell you about her um, album that you can go to her website if they can put her website up. And um, she's got songs on here, Rock My Soul, Everything That... That You Do. Everything what? That You Do will come back to you. Mm. We reap what we sow. Oh, Sending Me Angels is on there. Uh, it Don't Come Easy. Lonely Road. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? My producer wrote that song, Lonely Road. That's a great song. Who? My producer, Mike Ferris, who has since won a Grammy Award. Uh, my engineer, he won a um, Grammy Award. So, you know, God's just really blessed. But um, And I can't even remember all. Lord, if, if ever I ever needed, needed someone. someone. Oh, that was a... Um, uh, oh, gosh. Uh, Van Morrison tune. That is an awesome song. Got to serve somebody. That's a Bob Dylan. Gotcha. You got to serve somebody. Gotta it serve may somebody. be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to have to serve somebody. That's exactly right. And so then, who you're going to uh, serve? There's no in the middle. You've got a friend. You've got a friend. And then, of course, James the old Taylor. song, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, yes. And then... Uh, if I could hear my mother pray again. That's the old an old hymnal. song. Put that on there. You know, my mom never got to hear my record, but she knew that I was working on a set list, you know, for the songs for the record. And um, she told me, she said, LaDonna, said, you need to put Own Time God on there. I said, why is that, Mother? She said, because you're always saying he's an Own Time God. It's still in the, you know, everything is at the studio. I still have some songs, you know, that I'm going to put out, probably put out an EP here before long. And uh, so I'll let you all know that Long Time God's going to be on there, and that will be for my mom. But, you know, so my whole, the, the whole record really changed because of the children's father passing. 
that's what inspired the record. It was going to be a little something else, but then it evolved into, you know, mom passing, and then the whole, it just, the whole record changed. And so then Amazing Grace, you know, being on there. And when I was speaking at mom's funeral, this is, I was standing up there and I told my uncle, who, we didn't know about this till my mom's funeral. He was in Vietnam putting bodies in body bags. Wow. None of us knew this till he told it that day. He said, Shelby, who was my mom's name, Shelby, and he said, she sent me a little two-inch red Bible like a New Testament, I don't know if you remember. Yes. In Vegas. My mom had sent him one of those in Vietnam. And he read it. And he said, God, if you will get me out of here, if you'll keep me safe and get me back to my wife and my children, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. That's what he's done. Wow. And no one knew it until that day. Wow. And I was up there speaking, and I thought, you know, I mean, you're, it's almost an out-of-body experience because... My mom had just suddenly passed away, and I'm standing up there, and I'm thinking, what do all these people have on white? I probably should have been on some medication, but I wasn't, you know, because I thought, <laughs> what do all these people have on white? Most people wear black to funeral. I had on black, you know? And after it was over with, because the church was full, there were people outside. There was probably over 500 people at the funeral. And, and the, they told us at the funeral home, there was over 1,000 people came in. People waited three and a half, four hours, you know, to get in. That's the kind of love my mom was, that people came from miles to, to, you know, come to the funeral just to pay respects and see the family. And so then after the funeral was over and we all went to my dad's house, I realized everybody didn't have on white. I said, did somebody give me some medication or something? <laughs> and they said, no, because my doctor was there. And he said, well, Donna, at least you're vertical today. But so I got through. So God gave me the strength to get through that. But, you know, I did go out there and I don't, I'm humble enough to say that I laid across that grave, and I, like I said, God, I'm not angry, but I'm sure going to tell you something. I'm pretty mad at you right now because, you know, he knows what we think anyway, so we might as well go ahead and tell him, and I'll have a conversation with him, you know. <laughs> so I told him how mad I was about it, but I knew he knew what but was best for me. But you got over it. I got over it, yeah. You got over it. Because you know what? I wouldn't have my mom come back. I mean, she'd just begun to live. Like the song says, Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, we've only just yeah. begun. Well, you know, somebody was saying here, Susanna, um, I think she's from Missouri. She says, I'm sorry, I remember when my mom died, I felt like God said she is with me. I know if I saw heaven, I wouldn't want to come back, mm -hmm. but I wish I could have prayed her back uh, into this yeah. world. But um, when they pass on and they're Christians, that's mm -hmm. the best thing in the oh, world. Oh, absolutely. It's not the best mm -hmm. for us, that's but it's right. the best for them. Yeah. And um, we're going to try to wrap up now. And as we, uh, as we begin to wrap up, we've, we've said a lot of things here tonight, both of us. We've said uh, things that has happened. And I have no idea what could be going on in your thoughts. And LaDonna, you, you had a little uh, intuition that somebody would be trying to hurt themselves or something. And you, did you, you feel that in your heart now that you want to? give that to someone. Well, I really hadn't thought about it since we were here, but, you know, a couple of days ago, I really felt like that there was going to be at least one someone and possibly several others, you know, because you turn on the TV and you hear about it and someone has taken their life, put a bullet in their head. Uh, my first cousin, who was like a sister to me, a couple of years ago, without any warning, 
she never told anyone. You know, people who are talking about suicide with others, it's a cry for help. So someone try to get them help. But the ones who really intend to do it, they don't tell anyone. And she didn't. She didn't. She put the gun here and she pulled the trigger. Wow. You know, and so I just, I felt in my spirit that there was someone who'd lost all hope. I literally felt like I, I could see a tunnel and at the end, all they could see was the proverbial light, and it's a train coming. Well, no, why don't you look at it, change your perspective, like I did, you know, with my son, how all that went down. It's the light. Jesus is the light of the world, right? So it's the light. You're almost to the end of that darkness. Don't kill yourself. It's not an oncoming locomotive. Amen. You know, because when it's done, it's done. Well, I just want to say to, to, to you, if you're that person that you've lost hope or yes. you have thought about taking your life, this is not the answer. Amen. The answer is totally surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sitting beside this lady today that I've known since she was in her teens. Uh, part of that time in the, uh, that she spoke of, of her abuse, I was busy in ministry. I didn't know her. She was in the world. But one day she came back and totally gave her life to God. Um, her music teacher told her, you know, get away from the microphone, you're too loud. But then God in turn yes. turned around and has put her on stages in many places, many, many large places God has put her on the stage to sing and glorify God, preach the gospel, minister the gospel, been a successful businesswoman. You say, that could never happen to me. I don't know how that woman got through that. I don't know how she could be as joyful as she is and sing a song like Rock My Soul. How could she do that? Well, it's because one day she made a decision to totally make Jesus Lord of her life. And so I'm going to ask her to pray for you. But now, LaDonna, don't pray one of them long prayers like you always pray. Well, then you better pray. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, that's why that better go down then. Uh, uh, I, because of our time here, you know, it's why you can't pray one of them long. When LaDonna prays, she doesn't get in a hurry. And when she was praying for Sharon today, she was praying for me. And then she's prayed for me on the phone sometimes. And, and it seems like the prayer is forever. Uh, anyway. It's like my uh, cousin said, we were out one night at the Cracker Barrel. And it was uh, my cousin and her husband. And so uh, Barbara was going to ask the blessing. And her husband, Brian, said... Barbara, if you want to pray, we'll get up and go home, but just say the blessing, which <laughs> so, so I'm afraid I might just need to go home and pray. <laughs> Maybe well, you should. If you can do a short prayer for these that are hurting and yes. need help and maybe don't know how to come yeah. through yeah. and feel like they're trapped, it's feel like they're easy. hopeless. Tonight, I want you to just speak words of kindness and love in the prayer and and, and do a short one. Don't do one of those. <laughs> Don't five put that kind of prayers. pressure on me, Pastor. Don't I already did. You did, didn't you? <laughs> Father God, thank you so much for this day. You said this is a day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And God, in the scripture, you tell us that we are always on your mind. I have children and I have grandchildren. God, I love them more than anything in the world. And you know the number of hair on our head, according to scripture. I don't know the number of hair on their head, so I can't even comprehend. We can't fathom. But, Lord, those who are going through abuse, 
And whatever it may be, Father God, I ask, Lord, that you would reach down where they are because you said you inhabit our praises, which literally means you come down to where we are. We don't come up to you. You come to us. So, Lord, I pray that you would come down and you would minister to them. You would wrap your arms of love around them so that they would feel peace. God, the peace that the Bible tells us that transcends all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds because a person who is willing to end their life is not of a sound mind. They need help. God, you can be a help, but you also put people in our lives to encourage us, to minister to us. Lord, to lift us up that that is not the answer. It doesn't solve any problems. It doesn't fix abuse. It just brings on more problems for those who are left behind. And God, I ask that you would meet their needs according to your riches and glory. God, and move for them. Move for them in such a way, God, that you would deliver them. Deliver them Heal them everywhere they hurt. And I guarantee you, you will not be sorry when you commit your life to Jesus Christ. He will be there for you. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And God, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have moved for someone or those someones around the world because I know there's so much suffering going on, Father. And you can do things that we can't. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you, LaDonna, yes, for, for that prayer. It wasn't too long. Thank <laughs> I was going to say, did you time me? <laughs> <laughs> On the clock. I was about to, but no. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing yes, that. Sir, and absolutely. Susanna, thank we will be praying me. for your husband while he comes to Dallas that he'll be safe. I just want to remind you one more time of LaDonna's album. Uh, uh, there's her website. And uh, if you go to her website, you can get her album and I really encourage you because uh, I have this by my computer and one in my car mm -hmm. uh, uh, and um, I, I, I took it off of here and I put my car doesn't have a, a CD player so right. got mm -hmm. the little stick right. I don't know I got that in my right. car so I want to encourage you to get the album go to her website and uh, realize that if you've been hurt you've been wounded you've gone through some things you're not at the end you're at a new beginning. Amen. You're at a turning point in your life where things has gone as bad as they can be, mm -hmm. and now it's time for them to change and for them to be better. So tonight, I believe if you'll tell other people about this broadcast or this webcast, uh, you know, share it on your Facebook page. Would you? Would you? You that's uh, on Facebook, you Twitter, that's on the other apps, yes, on Instagram. Twitter. Twitter, yeah, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, yeah. and LaDonna's on all of these. You're mm -hmm. on Facebook yeah. and Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can follow her on, on those as well as Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, pray for LaDonna too. You know, that as she goes on with her life and her ministry, that God will direct her in everything she's doing. LaDonna? Let me also say this about that. Now, they can get it from the website. They can get a hard copy if that's what they like. I can autograph it for them if they like. But they can get it in many different formats okay. of their choice. So it's MP3. Uh, you can download it. You know, you can audition it on there. You know, there are a lot of different ways on there. So they can. Well, thank you're you not for just, sharing that. You're thank not you just limited that. to a hard copy. Well, good. So go to our website once again. Put the website back up if you don't. LadonnaMusic.com. What is it? LadonnaMusic.com. That's very simple. That's anyway, right. well, Ladonna. Uh, we could talk a lot more about your life and how God has touched you and brought you through. Um, 
But I, it's time to close now, and we're a little over time. But uh, I feel like it's worth it, and we have a number of people staying with us and people that will watch this at a later time. But I really do encourage you that's on Facebook and you that's watching on Roku, Flame, Fire TV, Apple TV, Roku, all the different apps we're on, would you tell other people how they can watch this so they can have a blessing? LaDonna, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a, it's a joy. It was a joy to have you in our home yes, today. Thank and, you so much for having me. It was and, wonderful. And thank you for that long prayer you prayed over me today. And <laughs> uh -huh. thank you for the long I'm prayer. I'm going to call you, you and pray for you for an hour next time. You just have to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> you got it coming. You, I, you don't asked for it. It. I don't <laughs> doubt it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can <laughs> pray because, uh, you know, she said we were preparing for the, the ministry time tonight. And she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and people, you're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> you got it coming. You, I, you don't doubt it. I don't <laughs> doubt like, it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can pray because, uh, you know, she said we were preparing for the, the ministry time tonight. And she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and people, you're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10:30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us, and if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you, and <laughs> <laughs> you got it coming. You're, I you don't doubt for it. it. I don't <laughs> doubt like, it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can <laughs> pray because uh, you know she said we were preparing for the the ministry time tonight. And she said, "Can we just?" catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and people, you're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10:30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us, and if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. <laughs> you got it coming. You, I, you don't asked for it. It. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can <laughs> pray because uh, you know she said we were preparing for the the ministry time tonight. And she said, "Can we just?" 
catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and it. People, you're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us. And if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. And <laughs> you got it coming. You're, I you don't asked doubt for it. it. I don't <laughs> doubt like, it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can pray because, uh, you know, she said we were preparing for the, the ministry time tonight. And she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and it. People, you're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us. And if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. And <laughs> you got it coming. You're, I you don't asked doubt for it. it. I don't <laughs> doubt like, it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can pray because, uh, you know, she said we were preparing for the, the ministry time tonight. And she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and it. People, you're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us. And if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. And <laughs> you got it coming. You're, I you don't asked for it. it. I don't <laughs> doubt like, it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can pray because, uh, you know, she said we were preparing for the, the ministry time tonight. And she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and people, You're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us. And if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. <laughs> you got it coming. You're, I you don't asked for it. it. I don't <laughs> doubt like, it. You asked uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can pray because, uh, you know, she said we were 
preparing for the, the ministry time tonight, and she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray, and that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and people, you're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us. And if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. <laughs> you got it coming. You're I don't US doubt Lord. it. I don't oh, doubt it. You ask uh, for it. This woman can pray. This woman can pray because, uh, you know, she said we were preparing for the, the ministry time tonight. And she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and people, You're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us. And if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. And <laughs> you got it coming. You're I don't doubt for it. it. I don't <laughs> doubt it. You ask for it. This woman can pray. This woman can pray because, uh, you know, she said we were preparing for the, the ministry time tonight. And she said, can we just catch hands and can we pray? Well, you know, uh, my hands got all sweaty because we prayed so long. No, I'm just kidding. But she, she did pray. She can pray. And that's what's important. You're not a victim, but you're a victor. Amen. That's and people, You're looking at me. That's right. People don't have to be a victim. They can be a victor. So God bless you. I love you. And uh, I'll be here Sunday morning. I will be speaking this Sunday morning. I got a special series that I'm beginning this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. So tune in with us. And if you're in the area, we'd like to invite you to be in Experience Life Church. Well, God bless you. And